Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you want to do one nice thing today, all you got to do is hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Training Outcome 5466. You want me to email you everything? Sure. So this is back from when I was in college. I was working on a job campus and my manager moved on to a different organization and was replaced by someone else who we'll call Karen. Now, our team of 10 students worked super well, very efficient, and got everything as expected. Karen comes in and decides that the team needs to change the way we work. So she makes massive changes and makes our lives harder but it's all a part of the job and we deal with it. Also, I was the unofficial leader of the team and constantly advocated for my team. We were close and we knew what worked for each of us and the rest of the team looked to me as a leader. So obviously Karen hated me because I'd advocate against stupid policies that had no benefit but only made our life harder. Each of us had a weekly one-on-one meeting with Karen to discuss the stuff we got done, needed to get done, etc. As always, I went in with an agenda made sure she got all the updates I had, made sure she answered all my questions, made sure I answered all her questions, and then ensured I had a five-minute space at the end for her to discuss anything she had to talk to me about. Two weeks into the changes, she tells me that I've not been updating her properly. Surprised, I asked her what updates I didn't give, and as she lists it out, I point to the agendas of our previous two meetings and show her that I did discuss it. She says that verbal updates aren't acceptable and I need to email them to her. I'm confused, but I know how to pick my battles and agree to it. In fact, she writes me up for not properly communicating with her, not giving her updates, and not keeping her in the loop about my work, so I'm pissed off. After the meeting, I check with my team and this isn't the setup for anyone. Everyone gives her verbal updates and sometimes emails them, but there's no real rule for it to be an email every time so I decide to follow her policies as she stated. That evening, I send her a long email with the details of everything I got done over the last two weeks. The next day onwards, every day when I clock in, I send her an email with my tasks for the day. As I complete tasks, I update her via email, and if I'm stuck on something, update her on that too. I CC her on all the emails I send, and also send her an email at the end of the day with what I didn't get done. Now, this doesn't take long because I write most of these emails in my own tracker, so it's just a matter of copy-paste. However, when writing in my tracker, I do it on my time. But since this is a work-related task, I must do it on the clock. So not only is she getting approximately 15 emails a day from me, she's also paying me for about an extra hour each day. This matters later. Given how new Karen is, she doesn't realize that I've built a mini-network with some of her colleagues given my time in this job, and I find out that Karen now has a habit of ignoring all emails from me. Also matters later. I don't care about it because I'm now getting paid for stuff I was doing on my own time. A couple months or so later, our department has to host an event. The tasks are divided, and all is good. The two tasks I have are to manage the food for all the guests and to provide parking tickets to the guests in advance. Large university, parking office is a pain to work with. I get the parking done and then I focus on the food the week before the event because we only got final confirmations then. I realize that there are several guests who have various dietary restrictions. 
I also am suddenly told that a few of the guests are in wheelchairs. They told me that because they needed specific parking spots, but our venue is not accessible. Given the importance of this, I immediately email her, but knowing that she ignores my email, I CC the parking team to ensure they have a consolidated list, because Karen obviously won't send it, and the person managing guests during the event so they know to ask Karen about the special meals when the guests arrive. We don't have any more one-on-ones before the event, so I try to figure out how to tell her to make sure the guests aren't affected. I try to schedule a meeting with her, but given that she's ignoring my emails, she's also ignoring all my meeting requests. So I give up and decide to enjoy the fireworks during the event. The reason I need to talk to her is that I need the budget increased to accommodate these multiple dietary restrictions. Gluten-free meals and nut-free meals all really add up, and we were at the max of my permitted budget already. Essentially, we had a meal budget of, say, $20 per person, but these special meals cost $25 per person. One thing that makes doing this difficult for me is that as much as I hate Karen, I don't have the ability to let that hate for Karen affect other people. So I spoke to facilities to get a ramp kept in the back room for the wheelchairs, and found that about five of the people coming had not picked meals, so we didn't have to offer them meals. Got the caterers to set it up so we could provide a reduced offering to those five, while ensuring that the gluten and nut-free meals were available for those who had asked. Day of the event, the guests in the wheelchair arrive and are stuck at the entry to the event that has three steps. Given that I'm managing the food, no one thinks to blame me, so Karen's frantically running around, trying to find someone to throw under the bus because her boss is chewing her out. Then I hear the words, gluten intolerant. 20 seconds later, Karen and her boss are in my face ready to chew me out. I was fully prepared for this, and the conversation went something like this. Karen and the boss said, didn't you know we have people who can't eat either of the standard meals? I say, yes I did. I emailed you about it because we needed to increase the meal budget to accommodate that. Did you not speak to the caterers? Karen says, I didn't get any such email. While her boss gives her a look, I say, I sent it to you. See? Shows the email on my phone. The boss says, Karen? Karen in literal tears because this event is her boss's baby and people have gotten in a lot of trouble over messing up this event said, but you didn't send it to me, did you? The boss very mad says, What do we do now? I say, let me figure something out. Also, I see people in wheelchairs. What are we doing about them? Boss says, no clue. We're trying to figure it out. I say, I'll take care of that too. Ten minutes later, I say to the boss, I got facilities to give us a ramp that we're putting by the stairs for the guests in a wheelchair. And I spoke to the caterers and we'll have the gluten-free and nut-free meals ready. The boss to me says, thanks. Two days later, I had my one-on-one with Karen. Surprisingly, her boss was there. Lo and behold, Karen got written up, my write-up was removed, Karen stopped trying to mess with me, and the entire team now has laughs every time we mention a gluten allergy. If you were working for somebody that was just so intolerable and was just so willing to change rules up or make things up just to make them look good or make things easier on them or even just mess with you, would you let them totally fall on their face like this even at the cost of the experience being hampered for those with allergies or those that are in a wheelchair? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Mainers. Want me to bring my own tools? Fine, that's what I'll do. This was a friendly, malicious compliance, but still one I found funny at the time. It was back around 15 years ago when I was an apprentice joiner slash carpenter. 
I worked for two guys and we traveled around in a biggish van, but nothing overly massive. By the time we got all our materials and tools in there, there was basically no room left for anything extra. Me being an apprentice, I didn't bother bringing many tools as I was only learning and didn't need the full range for all I was doing. Plus we had two of all the tools already, so it wasn't too hard to just share without causing too much hassle. Regardless of this, one of the guys would always tell me to bring my own tools and have a go at me for borrowing, etc, etc. This went on and on for a while, until eventually it was getting to the point I couldn't be bothered listening to him, and the other guy, boss, just told me to bring them so it would prevent any arguments, and I'd need them eventually. Well, that's no problem. I went home and I loaded up all my tools, which I had at least one of everything I'd need for myself and put them into the car to meet them at the yard in the morning. I had drills, circular saws, two of them, electric planers, hard planers, squares, bevels, you name it, I probably had it. And they all went into their boxes and hand tools went into an oversized Stanley toolbox that was more like a tool chest that I got for Christmas. So I brought the whole lot in the next day and pulled it all around to the van while he was inside and in front of everyone, he came out to me standing with the whole lot. He literally just laughed and played it off, but knew fine rightly there was no room. He then had to remove all the materials in the van to load my tools and reload the van in a giant game of Tetris to get it all in. Fair enough, he took it well and admitted I probably didn't need as much as I'd brought and it was played off as a bit of fun and we knew he couldn't say any more about it and was the target of the joke after. Like, I get if you don't want to like share your tools or whatever, but honestly if there's already two of everything and it's working just fine sharing, I'm gonna assume these people aren't going to be total jerks with your equipment, they're just getting the job done. You complaining about it honestly is a bigger deal than just letting them share it. This next story is by Training Outcome 5466 I'm not logging enough hours? Okay. My last story for the day, also from college. As mentioned in my previous story, I worked some tech for a project for a department in college. A month or so in, when I meet my supervisor to update her, she says that I'm listing a lot of work being done and I'm sending in all sorts of update emails, and that she's receiving automated emails about updates being completed at hours I'm not working according to my timesheet. Now, the way I did my job was to write a script, charge for the hours I wrote the script, and then just hit run while I watched TV in my free time. If any additional work or bug fixes were required, I'd put that on my timesheet. Now, because of this, the emails would go out while I'm watching TV, and not while I'm logged in on the timesheet. I tried to explain this to her, but she didn't bother listening, so I just shrugged it off. Never had I imagined I'd make money while watching TV. I billed her for every minute my computer ran the scripts. Often, this led to me billing over 20 hours a week, which forced her to pay me overtime. College policy was that students can only work 20 hours a week, and beyond that, it was overtime. Not gonna lie, this is one of those situations where you lean back in your recliner, you put your feet up, and you go, well, sucks that they're losing money, but it's nice to get some extra money. Our next story is by Haishu Was Taken. You want me to move out of your way? But of course, please help me do so. This story takes place on a dark, cold, rainy winter morning. It was about 7.30 a.m., outside temperature was not above 5 degrees Celsius, and I was in my car, as many others, patiently sitting in traffic. I was in a roundabout, at the exit of it, my car was still fully in the roundabout's right lane, 
and there was a lot of traffic before and after me. Though I was taking a lot of space in the roundabout, I did my best to get as close as possible to the car in front of me so the cars who want to go around the roundabout could pass behind me. Granted, they had to get their wheel on top of the not-high concrete plate in the middle of the roundabout was made of to be able to pass behind me. Several cars made their way around the roundabout without me stopping them whatsoever. Then comes this SUV. SUV being higher and having bigger wheels than the previous Polo or Golf that already passed behind me without issues. I was very surprised when he stopped behind me and started honking, as I was, to my appreciation, already almost touching the car in front of me. Of course, I didn't push. The guy kept honking, then got out of his car, visibly aggravated. But he also seemed to be taken aback when I lowered my windows with a friendly smile on my face. I guess he expected me to be hostile? Here, B will be that 50-year-old boomer, and M will be me. B says, can you move? Don't you see that you're blocking traffic? I say friendly. Well, I would if I could. I'm already almost touching the car in front of me. B, after going in front of my car to check and coming back, realizing his stupidity but refusing to admit it, well, you could move it closer still. Me smiling and being friendly. Oh, sure, of course. I can't see in front. You can help me do so. The guy says, what? I say, yeah, just guide me. Tell me how close I can get. I then proceed to move forward as slowly as possible while that guy was trying to pretend I had more room to move forward but couldn't commit to it because of how close I was already. While we were playing that little game, traffic began moving again and I just passed that guy without even looking at him. Way to go OP, kill him with kindness. That's the kind of beat them down with smiles I like to hear about. And our final story of the day is by Perpetually Confused 6. A girl couldn't possibly know where our sporting goods store is located. I, female, 19 at the time, worked at a gas station off the highway. Two men, I'd guess mid-50s, come in and ask for directions, pre-smartphone era, to a popular sporting goods store about five minutes away. I ask which direction they came from, and they say east. So I told them they'd actually pass the correct exit, they needed to turn around and go back the other direction gave them the correct exit number and the appropriate turns after to reach the store. They refused to believe they've been wrong and said I must have no idea what I was talking about, being a young girl and all. They argued with me for several minutes and the line behind them was growing. So I said, you know, you're right, and I was wrong. You just keep going west and get off at the next exit, you'll see it on your right. They agreed they must be right, and they knew it all along, and they were headed in the correct direction and left. The next exit was 18 miles down the road, in the middle of nowhere, and had no re-entry eastbound for them to turn around. I still wonder if they ever found the store and realized what I had done. God, I sure hope so. Like, hours later they finally get back to that exact exit, and they'll probably not vocalize it, but in their brains they're like, oh my god, that girl was right. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.